Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming up on today's episode, we break down the Jets' win in Arizona, look ahead to the Blues matchup, plus a potential extension for El Nino. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. All right, good to be back at it here. Apologies for the delay in episodes as we had to take a little time off on Friday, but we are good to go to officially kick off the month of November. And anytime you can do so after a big Jets W, I think we'll take advantage of that one. So we'll break down that matchup against the Coyotes, plus a few other news and notes from the rest of the NHL. And even including, like we touched on there, the Winnipeg Jets and contract talks already getting underway. So plenty to get into here. And doing so with me once again, CJOB's Tyson Rewicki joining us. T-Dog, how we doing? I'm doing great. Doing fantastic on a lovely November Monday evening. Yeah, it's not too bad, isn't it? Um, We're actually going to do something a little different here to start off this episode. A skates and plates first, if you will. Um, But it was my birthday over the weekend. And Tyson here was kind enough to get me a very generous birthday gift. And for those that know me well, they know that, I mean, any kind of sauce is <laughs> what it's all about for me. Um, but hot sauce especially is one of my biggest weaknesses. And Tyson did not disappoint. Uh, <laughs> you got me a bit of a murderer's row here. I'm, I'm a little bit nervous about this. Um, also, shout out to uh, to the White Picket Fence uh, on Henderson Highway. For those that maybe haven't heard of this place yet. Um, like a sauce slash spices, rubs, a couple other kind of neat, random everything. little things. Candy, a different candy from all from all from around the world. Different chips. Like there's a there's a, it's a treasure che- treasure chest for uh, snack fans. There you go. Yeah, yeah, munchies. It's Munchieville, baby. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I thought to start off the episode here, since you went to, to all that trouble to uh. To grab you some sauces, why don't we test them out here? See what happens. Because oh, especially boy. there's one at the end here. And uh, we're, we're going to go from like hot wings, hot one style, mildest to hottest. The the, the finale here is absolutely terrifies me. The, <laughs> the logo looks like 
somebody was on like a bad peyote trip. <laughs> and I'm a little worried that that's what I'm going to go on there. Uh, but, menacing. Yeah, just one more uh, one more time. Just wanted to say shout out to, shout out to White Picket Fence. Um, if you're looking for hot sauces and maybe some random things that you haven't seen before, head down to, to White Picket Fence on Henderson. All right, Tyson. So I don't have anything to try it with. So I'm just going to like basically do shots of the hot sauces here. A um, couple of these. The next, the, the first two are from La Pimenterie which appears to be a French hot sauce company of some kind. So we got green curry to start us off here, which I think we're going to be okay with. That's not too bad. Down the hatch. Yeah, I mean, that's just that's just lovely. <laughs> we're just light, light, nice and light. You can put that on pretty much anything, and we're going to be okay. Now, this one here, also from La Pimentary, is called Formica Fortis. And if you're a weirdo, like Tyson <laughs> is, this one has ants in it. <laughs> and I, I know you'll like this. There's a big ant right here on the first <laughs> bite that I'm going to take. It's really big. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. It's got a nice smell to it, though. Mm, yeah, not bad. Anty. Very anty. <laughs> Your little ASMR going too. What are they like a mukbang? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, maybe if maybe if this and my other job doesn't turn out, I can do that for the people. Either that, or they've turned off. They're like, this is disgusting. Um, but the end one's good. It's got like a Caribbean flavor to it. Nice. Like a yeah, I, I'm I'm digging both of these so far, Tyson. Um, next one, Maritime Madness. This one, the color kind of frightens me. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know what? We're okay so far. All right. It's got a nice, yeah, this one's got a nice afterburn to it. Maritime Madness Newfoundland Screech Sauce. So we're battling through this okay. I'm not, I, I, I'm kind of handling this better than I thought I would. Um, now we get to the, to the mean one. Death. And I guess, you know, we, we kind of touched on Tyson, depending on how our bold predictions would do, that we would, um, Maybe take some punishment in the form of hot sauces. Um, I guess to kind of make this worthwhile here, I'm going to pick my worst one out of the bunch here and take a preemptive shot just about 10 games into the season, okay? So um, I think I know which one it's going to be. And you know what? I'll take a shot here for saying that Jonathan Drouin would crack 80 points with the Avalanche because he might not get 80 games unless, unless he goes on a heater. I, I will gladly accept the blame for this one. This is JR's Creeper Reaper. Carolina Reaper Peppers is what it's made out of for pepperheads out there. It's either the second or the third hottest pepper on the planet. Oh, it smells bad. Oh, no. And it's... Oh, shoot. Uh-oh. Oh, shit. I mean, shoot. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, that's. I shouldn't have done that. All right, Brad. Let's talk. Let's talk some Jets now. That's how. How, how would you tee us up here? Oh man, that one's a hot one. <laughs> that was okay. Yeah, that's got the Reaper. All right. I guess you could say that the NHL version of the Carolina Reaper Pepper right now 
would be the Lowry Niederreiter and Mason Appleton line to tie it all in here. I'm going to need you to take over for a little bit, Tyson. Um, <laughs> Go on, but the Jets find a way. <laughs> the Jets find a way Saturday afternoon in Arizona. Get behind the eight ball a little bit. But I mean, who else would get the job done for the Jets right now? I we, I kind of jokingly say this, but I don't even know how much of a joke it is anymore. The best line for the Winnipeg Jets carried the team in that one. <laughs> and Nito with a hattie, they were on the ice for a couple of the other goals. And the Jets find a way to bounce back from a tough one in Vegas and pick up a big win in Arizona to keep place just behind Colorado and Dallas in the Central Division. What stood out to you, Tice, as I go grab a couple of ice cubes from the big win in Arizona against the Coyotes in front of 2,000 screaming fans? <laughs> it was. It was obviously the, the Adam Lowry line. I mean, that, that trio just exemplifies what a line can do when everyone's playing within themselves and playing to, towards the system. Like They're just executing the game plan on a perfect level right now. And, you, and even you can go look at some of the, the fancy stats, too, and they backed them up big time. Like, they are out of all line combos in the NHL so far this year. They're fourth, I believe, in expected goals four. It was, it, yeah, so it's fourth in expected goals four, and that's crazy for a line that, quote-unquote, doesn't have that scoring punch. You could tell, especially with a guy like Nino, that the goals were going to come. He was getting a lot of chances. He wasn't, it just, the puck bounces just weren't going his way. And then he finally, it really breaks through here in Winnipeg. And I mean, we'll talk about it more later, but a guy that you probably want to keep around for this middle six for the next couple of years. I mean, they just do all the little things right. They, there are, as much as they're being effective in the new age of hockey, they're an old, a quote unquote old brand of hard nose hockey that, like, no, it doesn't matter the generation. People are going to love watching that style of play. And they've just been doing it night and night out. So consistent. Like, it's just getting that extra punch from, I guess, the bottom six, really, even though they're not playing like a bottom six line. They don't really have the line, the ice time of a bottom six line either. But just getting that extra scoring punch from a line that really wasn't expected to score that much is massive for this club. Yeah, we Tyson, we can't say bottom six anymore when yeah. referring to those three for for a number of reasons i mean production is one thing and you perfectly illustrated how i mean i test fancy sets whatever it is like they're dominating they're not winning they're dominating the opposition each time they go out there but i mean most importantly to me is I, ice time's the biggest barometer in terms of how you define lines on each team and quite comfortably over the last handful of games, they are getting the second most minutes ice time wise amongst all forwards and not all that far away from from the top line, too. At this point, they, they've kind of, you know, breezed past the, the Perfetti, Ehlers and uh, Nemesnikov trio, but they, they're just awesome. I, I, I mean, you can't break them up at this point. And the real the only real decision-making that needs to come from the Winnipeg Jets coaching staff is how do we get those other two lines in our top nine going? And and maybe do we switch that around here and there, but you can't, I mean, let's not, let's not fix what ain't broken. And that line is so far away from broken and what they're doing is so repeatable, right? Like it's, you know, it's not tic-tac-toe one-timers. 
You know, they're not, like you said there, maybe getting a, we're only getting one or two shots a game here and we're finding a way to, with a high shooting percentage to make it happen. Zone time, possession, chances created, chances to get, like all of it, they're just slaughtering teams. And it's so, it's like a great run game in the NFL or the CFL. Like it's, there's something to having a really, really kick-ass effective third line, formerly third line. And the Winnipeg Jets have that right now. And it's, I mean, they've they've only been together for a handful of games this year. But go back to the stretch last year. I mean, we're talking about probably close to 20-ish games of those three being together. That's a lot of sample size of them being a dominant, dominant trio. And yeah, I, I I don't think we touch that until the calendar hits 2024 because they've just been everything you could have hoped for here. And what I like the most about that line and Nino's goals in particular, and anytime you can do this, um, you're probably going to have a lot of um, repeatable goal actions coming night in, night out. But Nino Niederreiter's average distance from the net on his three goals one inch. <laughs> he's in the blue paint for each one. They, like, you know, he's not sniping any of these, but you can make a lot of money, and he might be making a lot of money on that next one, but you can make a lot of money in the NHL, Tyson, by uh, planting yourself inside the blue paint there and watching the pucks fly into you, and that line does it as good as anybody right now, and it's just a ton of fun watching them play. Yeah. I mean, first of all, you've had a little bit of a potty mouth this episode, so let's... uh Let's, t- yeah. let's tighten that up. Please don't, please don't punish me. <laughs> please don't punish me with more sauce. But uh, yeah, it's just, and you could tell that the shots just weren't going Nino's way in the first couple of games. So what do you do if you're not necessarily, if your shot's just not working at that time, go to the net, go, go to the net. And that line's so good at just creating chaos in front too. Not just the the kind of garbage goals, but it's constant chaos. It's not just, getting a lucky garbage goal here and there where puck bounces in off a skate. Like these guys are continually driving the net, putting the puck in better situations than not just, you know, jamming it into the net side of the net. Sometimes that happens, but putting the puck out front of the blue paint and having guys ready there to get to pounce on those chances like that. And they're doing it against legit competition too. It's not like they're, they're playing against the bottom feeders. They're going up against some of the, some of the league's top lines and, winning those battles on a pretty consistent basis. Like if you have that going for you and you can have the Shifley line and then the Colperfetti Ehlers line that those two lines get, a, I guess a step down in line talent and line comparison, then you can win a lot of hockey games, especially if that, if that Lowry line's winning those top battles. Yeah. And I mean, who would have guessed this only 11 games into the year? Sure. But would you have had Mason Appleton as this team's leading scorer 11 <laughs> games into the year? And it not being like disaster territory for the Jets. <laughs> yeah. But that's where we sit. El Nino, Appleton, Shifley, and Connor all with nine points. And Lowry's not too far behind with eight himself. That's just, it's awesome stuff. They, they, they've they been so good. And look, would we all like to see Perfetti and Ehlers and those guys get more ice time? Sure, no doubt about it. It's not coming at the expense of the Lowry line. Like there's you, you, you got to find minutes somewhere else to take away from somebody and, and maybe switch it around each night. But the one constant moving forward here until they give you reason otherwise is Lowry, Niederreiter, and Appleton at the very least have to be this team's second leader uh, in terms of ice time amongst forwards. And if you want to give them, you know, 
17, 18 minutes of even strength time a night. Let's see what happens. Let's not put a ceiling on it, right? Who knows where this one might go? Uh, so pretty neat that those guys, and, and I mean, look, they've all been great. But there's something, too, about how neat that is that Adam Lowry gets to see this year. And to kind of back it up, he's like, you know what? I'm going to put up nine points in, in, in the first 11 games on pace for, I mean, that's over 60, right? But, I mean, there's something pretty neat to that, that, hey, here's the responsibility and the burden of being a center, uh, a captain, sorry, in a Canadian market. And he's taken it and he's run with it in a big, big way so far. And Lowry and that line are leading the way for the Winnipeg Jets at the moment. Um, you know, wouldn't be a Winnipeg Jets hockey game without some special teams problems. <laughs> and it happened again. <laughs> Lo and behold. Um, I mean, the big one being the penalty kill and, and, and the goal against there where the PK continues to struggle. We've seen teams throughout history, Tyson, have poor, bad, below average power plays and they can survive just fine. That's not the case with the penalty kill. Like you just, you need it to be at least average. And the Jets were good last year. But it's it's awful right now. There's just no other way to put it. And if the Jets were average on special teams this year, they might be battling for closer to top of the division as opposed to, to third right now. But once again, they get burned being down a man there. Anything you see that might be able to turn this around or what's ailing the PK so far? Uh, it's so tough because like you mentioned that they were a solid unit last year. And I mean, we've always, we've had the complaints where it's just the net front coverage at times has struggled a lot. And that's that specifically the Kreider goal too, a couple, couple nights ago against the Rangers, but it's, there's just too much, it's too much openness. It's not it, it just it's, as much as there's chemistry for lines and offense too. And on the power play, there's definitely a chemistry that goes along with penalty killing as well. And if it's just one guy, one guy's off a little bit, bit of his position, then that throws another one off. And I just think that this group just hasn't found that chemistry on the penalty kill. They just haven't been able to kind of get a feel of where the puck's going, putting themselves in the right spots to get the, that puck out on that second effort because you're not always going to get it out on the initial clear. And I think that if there's two things that they need to improve on the most, it's net front coverage and and chemistry out there. There's sometimes, and there is a little bit of the, the cushion around the middle of the ice too needs to be cleaned up a lot as well. It's just, I, it, it need, the penalty kill needs to be a little bit tighter out there. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't disagree with any of that. I mean, on that goal there, net front is the reason that it happens, right? Yeah. But it's just, it, it's, it's too easy for the opposition right now. And I mean, you, I always like to see PKs dial up the aggressiveness. And I know the Jets don't always do that, but it just feels like this year in particular, they're way, way too passive. And it's it's just, I, I just think long-term, it's difficult to have a successful PK just kind of hanging back and thinking, well, Hellebuck's going to be the one that will save the day on this, right? Like you, you, you've got to, you've got to dial up and amp up a little bit of aggression towards the puck carriers on the power play, I, I think first and foremost there. But I mean, if you're going to be passive, don't give up cross ice passes. Like it, it's just, it's kind of the worst of both worlds right now, where no aggression. But if you're going to be passive, then at least keep things to the outside and kind of moving, you know, around the perimeter as opposed to right through you. So it's just been cardinal sin after cardinal sin broken for the Jets PK there. So I hey, we'll see we'll see if they can turn it around uh, this week. I mean, the Blues come to town. 
not the most threatening of oppositions there. So maybe they can get some good vibes in against the, uh, uh, oh, wow, I just saw the Toronto Tampa Bay score. Uh, maybe they can get some some good vibes in against the Blues before the competition stiffens up a little bit later in the sked here. But um, I wasn't too concerned a few games ago. Now I think alarm bells are, are are pretty fair to be ringing when it comes to how the Jets are playing one man down. I mean, the power play. I don't even know. We'll talk about the power play later. But, but I mean, that, that that's a whole other can of worms that this team has to figure out. And hey, maybe... Maybe Valardi coming back in might be the, the tonic as to, to what ails the power play because they look good against Calgary in the home or in the season opener uh, with Valardi out there. Haven't looked so good with the man advantage since then. Uh, but we'll move on from the game against the Coyotes. I mean, the Blues come to town on uh, Tuesday, Tice. Not really a whole lot to break down in this. We've already seen St. Louis once in Winnipeg here, and it's just not a good hockey team. That's. <laughs> coming to Winnipeg like there's just no other way to put it uh I mean they've been playing a little bit better as of late I, I mean surprisingly they're only a point back of the Jets in the standings um but I don't know every time I've watched a Blues game it looks pretty rocky to me um anything to note standing out to you in this matchup I mean like the Blues are on a two-game win streak if he beat the Devils beat the Habs on a back-to-back I mean, I, I just don't. Uh, th- it still stands. What I said last time about the Blues, I just don't know about this team. I don't think they're very good. And then they go out and get a couple W's on the board against a sol- uh, Montreal's a uh, you know middling team right now, but a solid team against New Jersey. Then I just I don't know. We'll see. I mean, this that Blues team is just they're old. Their decors banged up all the time. I'm just not a fan of any of how that roster is constructed at all. But Bennington's having a solid year, so maybe he steals a game here. We'll see. Don't say that. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, I mean, like, that's the only you talk way. About potty, you talk about my potty mouth, Bennington <laughs> stealing one in Winnipeg. That's that's the worst thing that's been spoken so far this episode. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and, and, and sure, the, the Blues have won, you know, been a little bit hot recently. But, I mean, this kind of matches up with what I've been seeing out there, Tyson. St. Louis, dead last in shot attempts expected goals well they're only ahead of san jose and that's not saying a whole lot right now. <laughs> that that says literally nothing that they're ahead of san jose at this like yeah I, I i'm not a believer and i mean look you've got st louis nashville before the game against dallas nashville's playing okay but like let's let's pick up the two points against st louis and then you split the next two when you're feeling all right with how you did uh, during the week there, all three against division rivals in the Central for the Jets. Um, one more note that we'll get to before we wrap up the episode, Tice. The, I mean, the lone off-ice little tidbit surrounding the Winnipeg Jets. And, well, what do you know? Somebody wants to stay here. They got a taste of the pig, and they kind of like it. It's 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 possible. Uh, but reports all over the place saying that Nino Niederreiter's agent is in town and that El Nino himself wants himself an extension. I mean, first and foremost, you're just jacked if you're a Jet fan that, again, you trade for somebody and they want to stay here. He wants to be a part of the team, the community, the area. So, I mean, just that right out of the gate is, is outstanding. But there is also like the cold-hearted business side of things too, right? Where you've got a guy that's, what is he, 31? Like, you know, 
low early 30s but soon to be mid 30s not too far away here there needs to be a bit of hey we want guys that want to be here but also there needs to be a bit of a cost at, at doing business there i'm not even going to say what do you think of the news because I, I think everybody's like this is awesome but the main talking point needs to be what does the contract need to look like for this to be an absolute home run for the jets because as it stands right now Nino's hit one into the gap, but is it going to be just a double, a long single, or can the Jets make this a walk-off two-run homer? I think they can, and I think I think the likelihood is is that he does sign at a reasonable price. Like if you're if you're getting into the four years, five million dollar range for a guy like Nino, like he's a really good player, and he might very well get on the open market. But you just don't want for a guy who's probably going to be hopefully on your third line if you're a Stanley Cup contending team that's a lot of money to pay for a guy on your third line now I I think that the the Jets well there's a likelihood that we see like a three to four year deal maybe four and a half four million and I think at that price that's pretty good because even like by the time you do get to that contending point for the Jets I still think they're a couple seasons away and they need a couple a lot of not a couple things but a decent amount of things to go right you'll be having enough young players on your roster that you can probably offset some of that, some of those contracts. So I think that as long as you keep the term reasonable, which I don't see being a problem, I don't see Nino getting a six year deal or seven year deal or something, but keeping, if you can keep that at the three or four range and around the four, four and a half, I think that's, that would be an A a deal right there. Yeah. Four, four. I would need to see the price on four years. That's the only thing. Like, if it's to me, if you get them at three years, and like you said, they're probably somewhere around four to five. But if you can keep it to three years, then I'm not gonna. There won't be too many complaints for me. I think I think that would be pretty reasonable. If you get them to two years, as much as I love Nino and want him to stay a decent amount, I mean that gives you a little bit more flexibility to work with there. But it does kind of feel like, I mean, if we're gonna make predictions on this. Three years, four and a half mil. Yeah. Does that seem pretty reasonable? Like a, a, a slight bump up on the deal that he signed with Nashville. You get a little bit of security there. Nothing too crazy. I feel like that's a pretty reasonable deal that everybody, that, that, that both sides can be happy with. Yeah, I th- I, that's how I think this contract negotiation is going to go. I think it's just going to be both sides are like, that seems fair. <laughs> let's yeah. just get it. Let's get it done. Let's, yeah, let's just be fair. <laughs> Uh, yeah, for a guy like Neil, and the, he he'll be great for the locker room as well. Like, just you're building that that new culture of Winnipeg Jets that you want it that you need. You can't just get by with skill. We've seen that with the past couple teams for for the Jets, and just you need to build that, instill that culture, and have some guys who want to be a part of something special. And bringing a guy like Nino, who's been around, he's been with a couple teams, he's been on some playoff runs in his career, having that mentality and that solid veteran presence who plays the who plays the game the right way would is going to be massive for this club especially when a lot of the younger guys come over and some guys who played in your and european leagues before coming over to the ahl and nhl i think a guy like nino can can do a lot for their development and adjust to the nhl game yeah i I think plays the right way is probably the most popular phrase people (laughs) use when talking about nino like he's just he's he's a pro's pro and you, you you can't go wrong having guys like that there I mean, as we can see right now, he can turbocharge a third line or he can be more than capable. Six minutes as well. 
the money and and we should get some uh, should get some news on that sometime pretty soon. So we'll see if we break that down in our next episode for you guys coming up to wrap up the week. But that'll do it for here today. We'll call it quits there. The roof of my mouth has kind of come back to normal, which is nice. <laughs> I could have used that maybe 20 minutes ago, but whatever. We made it through JR's Creeper Reaper. How? He, he don't play around. JR don't play around. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to be a little bit uh, judicious when I when I'm using that one. Um, but yeah, we'll call it quits there. Let's head into the rest of the week. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in once again to Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. When we get back at it, we'll break down a pair of games for the Jets: Tuesday against St. Louis, Thursday against Nashville, and then look ahead to the big time matchup for the first time this season: Jet Stars on a Saturday. Until then, thanks again to CJOB's Tyson Rewicki for hopping on with us once again. We'll talk to you guys on a Friday morning. Enjoy the rest of your week. Stay safe and have a great time, everybody. Peace.